Hi there, and welcome to Feature Complete, a podcast about game development. Are you going to rock that chair the whole time I'm doing this? Sorry, it's scary. This chair is very squeaky. <laughs> okay, sit still. game development and game design. My name is Scott. And I'm Tad. We're both grad students in the School of Computing at Queen's University, and we help run the Queen's Game Developers Club. The Queen's Game Developers Club was started to provide an environment for students who are interested in game development and design, but don't really know where to start. We'll be talking to people in industry and academia who work with games to hear about their experiences. You can find our club homepage at www.qgdc.ca. On today's podcast, we are talking to Charlie Knight of Charlie's Games. He's created several games, including Bullet Candy, Irokanji, and the recently released Scorgasm. So we're talking to Charlie Knight here from Charlie's Games. Uh, Charlie, could you tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got started in uh, indie game development? Uh, okay. Oh, well, I'm Charlie Knight. <laughs> Uh, I, I was a gardener uh, in a show garden and I got a bit bored with that um, and I started writing sort of little games in my spare time I ended up quitting my job as a gardener and uh, going to university to study software engineering uh, and while I was there I uh, spent some of my free time um, writing uh, a game called Bullet Candy um, and that's kind of how I got started really Bullet Candy got picked up by Steam and some other portal uh, who were around at the time, and some of them are still around now. So that's pretty much how I how I got started as a sort of indie developer. Excellent. Um, I, I, I guess maybe uh, you, you said you were going to school. Can you tell us a little bit about your? You, you told us a bit about your professional background as a gardener, but maybe your educational background. Were you going to school as uh, in in computer science or programming? What well, before I was a gardener. Oh, I see. Okay, sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, no, no. Uh, how, how do you mean? Uh, well, you said you were going to school uh, when you started working on Bullet Candy. Is that is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Were you were you uh, going to school as a computer scientist? Uh, well, software engineer. Oh, excellent. Okay. Um, it's a, it's an unconventional path. We we saw that in a, in an interview. We don't hear many stories about people jumping from from gardening to uh, to game design. But um, what what got you into uh, into gardening and and did you do you feel like that kind of background has helped you in, in your games? Because uh, the the particular type of games that you develop, they're they're so aesthetically like they're they're amazing to look at. The screenshots are always um, quite amazing, and it, it was it was a it was a big shock to us to hear that background. We expected you to be some some high tech you know uh, UI designer, and and then to find out this background, it was it was very interesting and something we don't hear a lot. No. Um I don't suppose it really helped very much, to be honest. <laughs> um, I, d I did some A-levels. I don't know what the equivalent in Canada is, though. It's sort of once you're between the age of 16 and 18, you do A-levels over here. Okay, okay. Um, I did one in art and one in computing. I did really well in them. I, got, I think I got an ungraded in um, computing and mm, nice. a key for art. Um, purely through lack of effort, I think. 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, I kind of just ended up going from sort of silly rubbish job to rubbish job until I ended up as a gardener. Um, and you know, I'm not. I mean, it's I'm not a, a, a stupid person. <laughs> no, <of> no. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to get stuck into a rut doing silly little jobs because they do sort of pay money at the end of the week, even if it even if it's not very much. But obviously, towards the end of my tenure as a gardener, I was getting very fed up with doing something that was uh, not sort of very intellectually stimulating for me. So mm -hmm. um, just breaking out of that cycle completely and kind of starting again with school um, and going to university um, was probably what I needed to do at that point in my life. And are you a full-time indie developer right now? Is this is this what you what you do full-time for uh, for your job? Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's amazing. Happy to be able to afford to keep myself living in a fantasy world for this long. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um, like Scott was saying, your games—they're—they're uh, they're very visually amazing. Um, I, I was just curious: uh, do you do your own graphics and sound for these games? Are you—are you kind of in charge of everything, or um, how do you go about making these games? I, I do all of the, the visuals. Well, I do—I do all of it really. I, I've stopped doing my own music. Okay. Never ended very well. Um, but yeah, I, I do the rest. I do the visuals, sound, and programming. That's very impressive, yeah. And is there a reason that you uh, that you focus on the? Correct me if I'm wrong, but would you call them bullet hell games? Uh, well, yeah, sort of. I, I suppose um, I, there's not a specific reason really. Um, I just like how they look. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's fair, fair enough because they do look great. <laughs> to it, um, and they. I don't know. I'm not a, an amazing graphic artist, but it, it's easier to. Uh, be I don't know more consistent visually if you're working with something abstract if you don't have a, a sort of basis in sort of realistic graphics. I think I'm a terrible 3D character anime, for example. Um, but I'm quite happy to draw little monsters out of blobs, blowy blobs, or whatever. Right. <laughs> um, could you tell us maybe a little bit more about the uh, the programs you use to create your games? So, uh, for example, you mentioned the art. Um, in addition, what what programming tools do you use? Um, well, uh, for the three uh, D models, I think I use a program called Wings Three D, which is a freeware thing. It's a subdivision of Modeler. But most of the um, sort of effect. Or the little monsters in uh, Era Kanji, the game I did a couple of years ago. They're, they're all, all done in code uh, oh, wow. rather than uh, being made with something else. Lots of um, trigonometry involved. Yeah. <laughs> and in what language do you write your games? Um, I, uh, at the minute, I'm using a language called Blitzmax, which is a sort of C basic hybrid object orientated. Um, which is I quite, I quite like using it. It's, it's simple enough that um, the, the code doesn't really get in the way too much of what I'm trying to do, um, and it also lets me use OpenGL without limitation. So, mm. that's, and is that how you're getting the cross-platform games as well? Because that's a really nice touch that you don't always see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Blitzmax compiled to uh, Windows, Mac, and Linux, um, and OpenGL is cross-platform. So as long as I uh, say it's safe. 
I do it on my programming on Windows, so it would, I guess, be easier to uh, just concentrate on that platform. Mm-hmm. I stick with uh, platform uh, libraries that I'm using. Um, That's great, yeah. And usually do Mac and Linux as a byproduct of <laughs> but when you talk to the Mac and Linux crowd, you tell them that that's that they're the reason that you do it that way, right? Because you, you got to focus on it. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got, I, I, I like um, I like Apple Mac. Um, okay. <laughs> I like to have my games on there. Linux is, is more a, a sort of labor of love, really. I don't. Really, yeah. I don't really, uh, earn a huge amount of money from doing it, and invariably, you know, things don't quite work properly. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's nice, nice to have it if you can. Yeah. Well, this is that, that was my uh, philosophy on on that one. Right. <laughs> Just out of curiosity, then, are you running um, all those platforms in order to, to to run and test your games? Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> I've, I, um, I've got become quite adept at partitioning and dual booting. Right. <laughs> it's just a strategy that went wrong for me several times when I first tried to do it. Mm. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> um, so uh, recently, I guess it was uh, two weeks ago, you uh, released Scorgasm. Congratulations. Um, yeah. can, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, the process of creating and releasing that game? Can you maybe walk us through a little bit how, how, how all that went? Um, well, it started off with uh, me playing around with a 3D engine um, that was a cross-platform um, and I ported bullet candy to it uh, replacing the, the sprites from the original game with 3D models that I've made and it took me about a week I thought oh this is quite fun perhaps I could do a, a bullet candy 2 or something and have it out by the end of the summer um, but uh yeah, I kind of got carried away with it and realised I didn't really want to make Bullet Candy 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the design kind of evolved from there, really. I never had anything written on paper, um, so I just went with what I felt was a good idea when I was writing it. This is, uh, it, I also, you know, I'm quite happy with how the game has, has turned out, but it's <laughs> a recommended um, design process. You know, you could uh, see it's a big company. Uh, using the make it up as you go along methodology, so mm-hmm. this way. But, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of it, it. It evolved over time. Um, the, the game's got a, a branching path um, sort of level structure to it, so you can change your route as you as you're playing. Along, so you can see different levels every time you play. Um, and that was born out of purely me getting bored of playing the same levels in sequence every time, and it kind of. Um, Worked its way into the, the final game design. That's, I guess an example of how how it's come about. Right. And how long were you working on this? Was it was it two years? Yeah, about two and a half years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two thousand and nine. It's a, the summer project that got way out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank goodness. At what point did you include the heart? The heart. Yeah. Was it there from the start? Uh, the. Uh, well, as in the, the heart boss or the the logo or. It's it's sort of an iconic logo, right? That it fits very well with the name. But at what point? Well, maybe uh, in addition to the heart. At what point did you come up with the name Scorgasm and, and with the the heart icon? It works great. I can't remember when I came up with the name Scorgasm, but it, it came about when I was looking for some sound effects um, for the, the sequence at the end of the level. I wanted it to sound like everything was exploding or going mad or something, and I couldn't find anything I liked. 
<coughs> and I had some um, sort of comedy sex noise clips. <laughs> I just put them in for the time being, and they they kind of stuck. I don't, you know, they're they're not the ones I'm using in the final game. I I uh, did some different ones for that. Yeah. How <laughs> <laughs> the name came about. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the heart, lo- the heart was a, a boss in one of the test levels that I did quite early on. Um, really shooting a big uh, metal thing in the middle of the, the stage and it explodes into a big sort of pulsating heart um, mm-hmm. and then that kind of became a sort of running trend in the game where you can uh, destroy the enemy shots and turn them into hearts so the logo came came about after I sort of quite close to the end of development and I was trying to think of something that looks reasonable enough to use as a logo but can actually fit in with the game I see um, I have a question about this specific genre of games because um, it's it's a it's a unique uh, it's a unique type of game. Like it, stylistically, it it really stands out on its own. Um, and I've never written a game like this myself. But what are the what are the unique challenges? Um, for example, in a lot of the bullet games, you have to correct me if I'm wrong, but you have a, a lot of time spent uh, with the generation of enemies and and making sure you can dodge things, but you never get trapped in a situation. What were some of the, the hard points that you, you found when you were developing Scorgasm? Where did you spend most of your time? Um, most of the time, probably coming up with uh, different level designs, actually. Hmm. One to be roughly unique without breaking the flow of the game. So I think I did you know, a reasonable job of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the things, uh, things like making sure in everything's possible uh, and making sure collision detection's fair or whatever that kind of um, because you know I, I, I test it fairly extensively I kind of I guess you tend to find that you, you kind of don't plan for doing that but you just you know fix little quirky annoying bits as and when they crop up and over the course of two and a half years you, you tend to find most of the name right <laughs> yeah so for your process, it sounds like, um, again, I'll echo what Scott said, I have no experience building games like this. Um, so the, the, for Scorgasm, for example, were you using kind of a, an iterative, iterative process where you'd uh, maybe build a level and then test it, you know, tweak it before moving on to, to the next level? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how it was done. Um, but the, the building test phase usually went on for a while case of each level. I think <laughs> I made probably double the number of levels that made it into the game um, uh, and, and cut them because I didn't like them very much. Um, and that's something I guess you, you learn to do when you've been writing games for a while is, is know when to stop when something isn't working. Um, and fortunately for me I've, I've learned that Mm-hmm. Uh, and did you do all your own testing, or did uh, did you have any beta testers or anything to help you out with this? Uh, no, I had loads of beta testers actually. Um, oh. I think there was probably probably about 150, I think, by the end of the oh, nice. by the end of the thing, either with through friends and family or people on uh, forum I, I use, uh, or you know people who uh, had pre-ordered the game. Fantastic! That's great. That's great. Um, 
So with everything that, that uh, you've experienced with the becoming an indie game developer yourself and, and the challenges you faced, uh, if you were speaking to someone who was interested in doing the same sort of thing and they didn't know how to get into game development, what kind of recommendations would you give them? What, what, would you, what advice would you have for students who were looking at getting into games? Uh, well, uh, what, getting into games as in just making them or, or making a living out of them? <laughs> well, I, I guess both. Um, well, getting to making them, I mean, I, I suppose um, when I learned how to program when I was a teenager, um, I mean, the only way really of making a game was to, to learn how to program. Uh, and that's not the case anymore. Um, the way I develop games um, with with programming and, and very few tools is, I guess, a sort of side effect of having learnt to uh, program first before anything else. And these days, with things like Game Maker and uh, Unity or whatever, the, the barrier of entry is much lower. Um, and I'm not terribly familiar with any of those tools because, I, having tried a few of them, I just can't click with them very well. But I know um, a lot of other um, developers who swear by them. So my my advice, I guess, there would be find a tool that, that suits you uh, and and how you want to uh, sort of make a game uh, with something like Unity, which can be fairly drag and drop uh, in places uh, with very uh, sort of minimal code from what I've seen, um, or Game Maker as well. Um, you can you can come up with sort of reasonable sort of working prototypes or games in a matter of hours, whereas you know, if you're going down the programming route, it'll obviously take a little longer than that. Um, so yeah, I guess my advice to somebody wanting to get into game is to into writing games is uh, find the tool that suits you best. As I mean, it's, all, it's very much the horses for courses for these things. <laughs> sort of, uh, um, I, I wouldn't like to recommend one above any other particularly. Um, right. And I guess, uh, you know, if you're going to write a game, uh, and you're just starting out, keep it simple to begin with. Um, I'm sure we've all seen threads on the internet of somebody who's never attempted to write a game before, uh, sort of imagining that they're going to create a, a massively multiplayer online RPG. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. For my first game, I'd like to produce the next high-end RPG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and don't write your own engine. That's my other piece of advice. Right, right. I like what you said though, about the the barrier to entry being so much lower now because it is it is easier to write a game these days, um, and it's um, hopefully people can 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 see that now with the tools available. It's it sounds like a, a big task, and it is. To, admittedly, it's it's big to write a game, but it's easier than it used to be, um, which is which is really exciting. I think it, it it's still just as hard as it ever was to, to finish a game. Um, I think mm. sort of a final ten percent sort of polishing. Yeah, putting menus on it, all of this business, and you know, actually, sort of getting it into a typical state is just as hard as hard as it ever was. But to actually get the game playable and fun and and content into the game, I think it's very easy, or yeah. very easy, but considerably easier than it has been in the past. Right. Yeah. Um. That that that's really interesting. So you you kind of uh, walked us through your. As well, some advice on on how to how to build your game. Um, you mentioned earlier, I think it was with Bullet Candy that that was picked up on Steam. Uh, can you maybe tell us a little bit more, as especially as an indie game developer, how how to get your game out to the public, how to release it, and promote your game so that you, you kind of maximize your audience? Uh, well, I don't think there's a 
a specific way. I guess mm-hmm. everybody does it in their in their own way. Um, I usually start by putting it on my own website, and maybe uh, you know, if another couple of distributors want it, you know, put it with them. <coughs> um, yeah, I mean to actually tell people about it, you know, get in touch with gaming blogs or non-gaming blogs as well. You know, uh, on Mac, for example, uh, uh, websites that also cover games as part of a wider of things that they, they cover like Macworld um, are quite often good places uh, to promote things um, yeah I mean it's uh, this is probably an area of my operation that is weaker than others <laughs> <laughs> that's fair <laughs> getting bullet candy on, on Steam um, like they offered me uh, a slot on the service which I happily accepted um Quite how they how they discovered the game is still a bit of a mystery thing. <laughs> That's great. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, along those lines, uh, what are your future plans for for Charlie's games? Uh, what's what's next for you? And and how much time are you going to spend continuing work on on Scorgasm and before you move on to the next great game? Um, I shall continue to work on Scorgasm until you know, I, I've fixed many bugs well I guess you know I'll continue to work on Scorgasm um, and, and to, you know until the uh, tech support requests stop coming in <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's generally how I work on these things um, yeah there hasn't been too many apparently it, you know it doesn't like 64 bit Linux very much so I, uh. I guess I'll fix that um, <laughs> but on the windows and Mac drive touch wood <laughs> um, it doesn't seem to be misbehaving itself too badly which is good <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and yeah you know I'm, I'm always thinking about what to do next um, and with with Scorgasm especially when I you know was hoping to finish it in 2009 I've managed to <laughs> quite a list of uh, list of things that I've, I've thought of over the last couple of years that I'd like to have a go at so when I find that list I'll have a look mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's exciting we're uh We'll be we'll be watching to see uh, what, what's coming next from Charlie's Games. Good, tell your friends. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely, we'll be on a podcast about it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty much uh, pretty much most of the questions that we had. Um, but we did want to give you a chance to to talk about uh, about your website and, and talk a little bit about your game if you wanted to wanted to do that. Um. Yeah. Uh, by Scorgasm. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll uh, we we can definitely put uh, put links to your to your website in the game uh, when we put the podcast up on our site. Mm-hmm. Cool. But you've got a you've got a website, you've got a Twitter account, and uh, are there other ways that that we can follow you online? Um, no. <laughs> okay. I don't think so. As long as well as a, my website and Twitter is pretty much how much I you know I, I limit myself to those. Good, good. Okay. Excellent. Then, uh, then, yeah, well, thank you very much for your time, Charlie. No problem. Um, and thanks for, thanks for answering our questions. That was, uh, yeah. that was great. I hope they were good enough answers. <laughs> oh, no, they were fantastic. <laughs> they were great, yeah. yeah. Thanks again, Charlie. Okay. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye. Bye. See you. Hello. All right, try to be normal. <clears throat> try to be normal. Natural. <laughs> Just normal. Just normal. <laughs> Relatively. Let's see. Mike is. Hello. We help run the Queen's Game, Game Developers Club. No. Nope. You did.
Okay. Do it again? Yes. Project them. Okay. Hello? Hello?